Okay, welcome back to Self-Defense, the Best Scam, the audio version book of this. Um, it's been a minute since the last upload, if you're trying to go every single Friday. The reason why it's not super consistent is, well, literally there's just a bunch of other things happening in my work life. And I'm not going to lie, I just simply get lazy. And don't do them. I mean, I could simply just read the entire thing out all at once in one sitting. But I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a human being, you know. I don't like doing that so much. So, uh, but here we go. We're now on chapter six, the chapter that I previously said was going to be very interesting, at least in my opinion, um, because we talk about techniques in this chapter. So, uh, without further ado, let's uh, go ahead and go check this out. Actually, you know what? Before we go and start, uh, for the previous chapters that I've been saying, I've been or I've been saying that there's going to be some sort of an update uh, in how you could reach out to me. So there's a Discord that is uh, called Martial Arts by The Underscore. Um, the Underscore is a type of title name thing for my YouTube channel. It's Solomon Underscore or The Underscore. Like, you'll be able to figure it out. It has a, <laughs> um, has a Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Uh, as the thumbnail, so if you uh, if you see Mr. Popo, that's <laughs> that's actually me. So you might hear some different noises in the background because I, I moved locations. I now have like a dedicated little work area, um, and there's not that humming noise that I don't know if some of you were able to pick up. But in the earlier videos, as things were moving on, uh, there, there might have been a humming video, a humming noise. So. That might not be, there might be, there might be a little bit more of an echo now, but that's only because I haven't gotten any of the stuff that I need to be able to dampen up those sounds. Uh, but yeah, no, so let's get on with the video, I've already taken too much time. <clears throat> Chapter 6, Techniques. Groin strikes are utterly useless, and are the Krav Maga and Master Ken's favorite move. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, they do have, they do have a, lo uh, a lot of value. But only when it comes to causing pain. Grunt strikes do not end a fight or give you more time over any regular strike. The time it takes for a person to decide if they want to hurt you more after a groin kick or give you or, or give up is under three seconds. Unless you can get in a Lamborghini Huracan, turn it on, put your seatbelt on, unpark the car, hit a, hit a straightaway on the freeway, hitting the legal limit of 55 miles per hour, in under three seconds, you simply should not be kicking people in the groin. So this is a, a little bit of a fun jab that I'm having at people that genuinely believe that groin strikes are the end-all type of move. Uh, they're not. They're 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 not the end all type of move. They're 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 most times very ineffective. And, and and I say three seconds, and that's really giving it a lot of room because I mean I've been hit in the groin, and I've been so mad at someone who's hit me in the groin for no apparent reason that I've immediately just struck them back. Like it, it just was like, oh okay, that, that that just wasn't a nice thing to do. And in fact, I, I've gotten to the point where. I've been hit in the groin, completely blocked out the pain, handled them. Uh, this was in a fight. This was like in a tournament. Like, uh, like I've handled them in that fight. Uh, it was not fair to them. And then I stepped away, and then I would accept the pain because you can't completely negate the pain forever. But what you can do is you can you can uh, compartmentalize it, or so to speak, just simply try and hold it off as much as you can, like. It's just, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, it's just, 
it's it can be avoided it's not the end of the world you know it sucks it hurts a lot don't get me wrong and in some cases yeah it'll be great to defend yourself with an attacker but it's not it's not a staple technique it's not something that you should pay a hundred to two hundred dollars every month to learn how to do you know it's not and that, that's that's what this that's really what this book is about it, it's saying what are you really buying you know you're 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 spending 200 plus dollars or 100 or 50 plus dollars each month to a person that is saying this move will be able to get you out of this uh technique krav maga um from what i can understand when i was in the military there was no in the israeli military to be a little bit more specific when i was in the israeli military no krav maga instructor really had a consistent uh discipline in their history in other words uh, i've discovered that, that some martial arts instructors were people that studied some sort of uh, uh what, what it's called like a like some sort of japanese martial art which is not bad but they're teaching you this japanese martial art under the guise of krav maga i mean maybe there's some sort of like consistent movements with krav like i guess that's where the groin strikes came out of but it's not very effective. I mean, and then when you compare it to um, other things from like jujitsu, like a double leg takedown is almost universally successful unless someone decides to stuff that takedown. But as we go on, we'll see why that is much more effective than doing a groin strike. Um, I, th I think I mentioned it in previous chapters. I don't remember. It's been a minute since I last read it, but um, I, I think I talk about prior where it's like you can't necessarily depend upon pain for your technique to be successful because it's just not an ideal situation to go to go with all right so let's keep on reading some people take longer to to make that choice but they will always have that choice you will not how you will not always have the time to jump into a beautiful lambo on your own and drive away from your attacker yeah yeah that's 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 true and this is this is i, I guess the word is hyperbole i don't know <laughs> but uh i'm trying to make an exaggeration of your escape because it's an exaggeration of the expectation that this technique will do you know that you're just hitting someone and you're hoping the pain will stop them it's not it's not good uh, all right moving on to the next paragraph a self-defense instructor is a person who has spent the time trying to isolate the less needed moves and getting right to the core of the conflict between two people. Being able to know how to maneuver is much more valuable than just raw power when it comes to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat. Um, and I made a YouTube channel on a previous... I made a YouTube video on a previous YouTube channel that was specifically talking about the dis uh, the distinctions between male and female. Um, and at the time, it was talking about Fallon Fox and it was how he was... Uh, or she was being sensationalized, my apologies. Um, how they were being sensationalized because they're this new trans fighter who is fighting females in the octagon. And why it wasn't necessarily a good thing, not because there's a, there's a, there's anything wrong with trans fighters. It, it was strictly because of the lack of information that was provided. You know, it, it, it's kind of like saying you're on steroids for several decades of your life, and then you're no longer on steroids, but you still have a lot of the residual effects of it. 
You know, that, that's essentially what you have when you're having a trained male fighter versus trained female fighters. Unfortunately, there's just a strength gap in them. This could be due to many different things. I'm not entirely sure why. I'm not going to try and say, oh, it's because of X, Y, and Z. I've thought it could be because of a type of uh, uh, the, the, the idea of birth, but it, it just, I mean, it makes sense to an extent, but there's different types of things that go into that even more so. Like there's 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 a whole chemical side on, on testosterone. There's there's uh, there's there's a whole bunch of different things that are just so extremely complicated that I just don't know. I mean, it's it's like it it's scientific stuff. I'm not a scientist. I'm a martial artist, uh, and and that's the stuff that I care most about. And and I know. What I do know is that a double leg takedown is more effective than a groin strike. The same way I know that good chances, 9 out of 10, a man that is of equal weight and size to a lady is also going to be having a higher chance of escape. Um, one of the things that I noticed back when I was training with um, my brother back in the day, um, <clears throat> we would have a lady, fantastic fighter. Legitimately an amazing fighter, but I mean granted we did have weight on her and It wasn't it wasn't it was like the dis the dis the, the the effects between her and Other men her size or even a little bit bigger When it came to people that had trained more or it's just it's just so it's The gaps were real and it, it's not necessarily something that you want to be dependent upon and be like Oh, this is totally fine all women can be able to fight all men. Like that's not true. Like if you're gonna, like if you're a hundred and thirteen pound girl and you're gonna say that, oh, I can completely defeat um, Francis Ngannou. I mean, you're absolutely insane. I mean, even if it was a thirteen pound boy, it doesn't matter. Like these things are just like they're the, the gaps are real, man. Like they're they're, they're real. You, you don't you can't reject reality for a notion that is is supposedly good. You know, I mean, I, ho I hope that they're happy in life. Like, that's not that's not the issue. But the, the issue here is it, you're fighting for your life. And, and in order to fight for your life, you have to understand the risks accordingly. And if you make bad decisions during those risks, you're going to get bad results. And that's what I mean when with groin strikes. Like, groin strikes only affect pain. You know, they, they only affect pain. And that's not something you, you can rely on when it comes to self-defense. You need to be able to immobilize your attacker. Because otherwise, they're just going to continue attacking. Or they're, or they're just going to feel insulted and feel more motivated to attack. So when you have three seconds to get into your Lamborghini Huracan, put on your seatbelt, unpark the car, get onto a straightaway, and reach the legal limit of 55 miles per hour, all in under three seconds... You really shouldn't be able, you really shouldn't be kicking people or hurting people with, uh, or, or t doing techniques that have a maximum output of just pain, which is why pressure points are kind of ridiculous. Um, these things are 100% pain based. I mean, uh, not only, not only that, I mean, you're hoping that you're going to be able to block an artery or nerve in some sort of nervous system that is, that is caused by poking someone on the flesh. I mean, people have taken gunshot wounds and been able to continue fighting. I mean, this is such a ridiculous thing to even be on the platform of, of combat. I mean, I mean, even prior to the whole 
argument of guns like like you still have people who have been stabbed with swords and been able to kill hundreds of people or not hundreds dozens of people with that wound i mean i mean it, it's a ridiculous thing pain is incredibly subjective and it should never ever ever be a part of a technique that is depending upon your effectiveness for your survival or how do i say that better Pain should never be an outcome that people are trying to seek when it comes to your survival or something along those lines. I feel like you you guys are a smart audience. You can probably figure it out what I'm trying to say. Um, like it, it, it's just it's just not effective. It, it's really really not effective. So in this chapter we go on and and uh, and, and, I, and I and I well let's let's just continue with the chapter and then I can go on a little bit more of a rant here. Uh, to be able to defend yourself, uh, reading the. Uh, Next chapter, right before Rules of Techniques, the list comes down. Now, to be able to defend yourself, you must be able to stay alive. Putting your life at risk to discover if your attacker can handle something is not worth the risk. A risk worth taking is one that will permanently prevent your attacker from attacking you. This means they cannot come after you easily. Techniques are the skills that should work consistently, consistently enough to be used and endure minimum damage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, rules of rules of technique, copyright. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Um, guidelines for good techniques in self-defense. Techniques, the techniques, which is the manner. Uh, so, so I'm describing what techniques is. So I'm super, super clear about this. Techniques, the manner in which technical uh, details are treated. The details in martial arts, so the, that's the actual definition right there. Techniques, the manner in which technical details are treated. So in addition, for more context for this, the details in martial arts in regard to how we treat the movements for self-defense, defending, one's, uh, defending oneself is the most important concept, where is uh, concept there is when it comes to martial arts. In martial arts, there is a variety of systems and styles that proclaim the method of self-defense but do not abide by the rules of techniques. Um, this is my, after, after that first sentence, that's my specific definition for, definition, definition, <laughs> definition for this um, context. It is important that the technique meets all the criteria, otherwise it will be useless when it comes to self-defense. Again, I am open for uh, subject to review. So if you go onto my YouTube channel, Sol uh, Solomon underscore, um, you can find a video there that's gonna be related to the book. And then, I mean, there's no video up at this moment, at time of publication, but once there, once, <laughs> I can speak, once there are videos up, cause there will be, I'm doing different, I'm doing a, a, a section about martial arts, about video games, about this book, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll be able to, you'll be able to see it. And then as time goes on, you'll be able to see more and more content and be able to come back to this if you really want to have this. Um, when I made these rules, um, I, I don't, I didn't want them to be, I didn't really want them to have a, an escape route that I could easily pick up on. I, I didn't want them to be like, oh, well, you know, if they could do this, then they can do that. Like if pain, pain is a, is a, is a very subjective thing. Like it, it's incredibly subjective. So I had to avoid the concept of going into pain. So the rules are as listed. The technique must have a learned escape. The technique must maintain complete control over the opponent. The technique must allow the user's agility in combat. The technique must prevent the opponent from countering the attack. So 
these uh, in techniques, you are dealing with the amount of information one has that is proven to be effective. Why it's important, so let's just go from the top to bottom, the technique must have a learned escape. Why it's important that, that you have to have a learned escape? Because if you just do a double leg, or let's say you do that arm twisty thing, right? Where you bend the arm outwards from the body in Aikido. And the, 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 the your opponent is supposed to do a flip. I think it's called a kotagaishi. I don't actually know. I just I just like throwing that in there every now and then. Um, I think it's called a kotagaishi where you bend the arm in a specific manner. And then your opponent does a flip. That doesn't work. Because if you were in a real fight... And someone did do that, and they were aggressive enough that they wanted to actually hurt you. One of the things that they would immediately do is try and pull that arm away from you. And if they did pull that arm away from you, then you no longer have control over that technique because your positions on the arm isn't really isn't necessarily strong enough to be able to maintain that type of strength over your opponent. However, if you go over to a double leg takedown and you remove their legs from underneath them, which is not that difficult. It does require you to gain strength, but it's much better to assume the risk of becoming stronger than hoping that your opponent is will become weaker, that, which is also very important. So if you, if you do a double leg takedown and they stuff your technique, then now you have been able to gain more information to your opponent. This person knows how to fight a little bit. You know, if they don't do that and they just get taken down with a double leg or single leg takedown, then now you know that this person doesn't know how to fight. And on top of that, you've successfully removed your opponent from the immediate threat. So now they're on the, their back is on the ground and then you could deal with other opponents or you can complete the, you can complete your task in submitting your opponent uh, or your attacker. Remember, these are techniques that are strictly meant for life and death situations. You know, when it comes to fighting, that's a very, like sport fighting, it's a very, very different thing there. It's not the same. The technique must maintain complete control over your opponent. Why would you want to do something, like with the same thing with the standing armbar? I mean, they have three other limbs that they could just do whatever they want with. I mean, if they just decided to turn towards you and stand up, your standing armbar is no longer effective. But if you had an armbar on the ground and you were doing that, I mean, you would have to actually learn, going back to the previous rule, learn how to get out of that because they have complete control over you. The double leg takedown, they don't necessarily have complete control over you, but there, there are techniques that are very effective that do have complete control over you. Like um, the, 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 I think it's called the twister or the crucible. Um, when it comes to jujitsu, when you're in mount, you don't have complete control over them, but you do have a majority of control where if it was a person who didn't know how to fight, you would have complete, complete control. The technique must allow the, uh, the user agility in combat. This is very, very important. If you're in uh, Tishibu, which is, I think, cat stance in Hungar, and this is the moment where you're supposed to be holding your opponent in that stance, it becomes very, very, very difficult to be able to actually execute because you're in a very difficult stance. Like your legs are crossed and you're bent, and you're, both of your knees are bent pretty low. And on top of that, you only are really surviving with your upper body strength. And you don't have a great amount of balance. If you get pushed over, you can fall. So if your stance has to hold, has to be dependent upon holding someone in that type of stance, 
that's not a good stance. However, if you have someone in the mount or if you have them on the rear neck choke from the back, I mean, you have the ability to move pretty much anywhere. I mean, there's nothing preventing you from swinging your leg behind you and launching yourself forward and doing a roll out that way. Like, I mean, with Tishibo, I guess you can make the same argument, but it's not, it, the risk isn't as nearly as realistic because you go from a stance that is difficult to maintain to falling. In 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 a in a rear neck choke from the back and you and you guys are both already on the ground. I mean, if you're already on the ground, I mean, there's not much more places where you can fall, and you already have the ability to maneuver to control your opponent much more so than you do in the Tishibu stance. So, it's agility when you're doing a technique is viciously important which is why i said it was a rule the technique must be pre must prevent the opponent from countering the attack again um once you do so this is this is this is one of the things that are that really made me fall in love with brazilian jiu-jitsu um and that was the fact that it's very hard to stop a, mo a move once it's already committed uh, it's very hard to stop a rear neck choke once it's actually synced in. It's very hard to stop a double leg takedown once the shoot has already been done. It's very hard to stop a arm bar once the once the arm has been fully extended. Once these that once that section of the technique has been done, it's very very difficult to get out of. However, if you do the same, if you apply the same rule to the standing arm bar. It's incredibly easy. I mean, like I said beforehand, you could have the person uh, completely standing still and about to break the arm seconds, milliseconds before they break the arm. All you would have to do is just rotate just a little bit and uh, the arm's not going to break. So, I mean, uh, these things are seemingly very obvious, but for a lot of martial arts and martial artists, for some reason, they haven't taken the time to be able to come up with that. And I don't fully understand why, but since the creation of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it has been, uh, become a lot better and people are um, looking at this better, which reminds me, uh, the YouTube Solomon underscore will have videos comparing different types of martial arts schools based off of strictly their website. So if you want to check stuff like that out, uh, Solomon underscore on YouTube, check it out and you'll be able to find things about the discord there and where you can communicate with me personally. And, um, what have you it'll be great so yeah go, go over there go check it out it's free stuff you know um strength is not all it takes so going back to the paragraph and finishing up this chapter uh, strength is not all it takes to protect yourself being able to lift weight is, being able to lift weights is amazing but a broken leg is a broken leg and you must know how to break the leg to not have a broken leg techniques techniques teach you how to maintain the advantage in a fight for clarity, a technique should be considered the complete execution of a stopping. Uh, oh, I lost myself. Of a stopping. Oh, stopping of stopping of a stopping your opponent. Oh, that's weird. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. It's only eight bucks. <laughs> a rear neck choke is a stopping technique. A standing arm bar is not, even if even if ex executed fully. So this is what I was saying earlier. Uh, to successfully stop someone from re-engaging in the attack, you must maintain. You must make it near impossible for them to either get back up or continue the fight. A clear definition of impo uh, of of impossible is a person who has lost consciousness due to a rear neck choke. The likelihood of them being able to re re uh, re-engage in the fight well. 
is extremely low. However, when standing with a broken arm, it is different. It is dependent on the attacker since the arm bar just damages the arm, stops mobility in the arm, opposed to a rear neck choke, which, are, which renders your opponent unconscious. Well, that was really rough to read. <laughs> uh, again, this is why I'm doing the uh, why I'm doing the audiobook. It's much easier. It's much easier for you guys to hear what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, no, this is essentially what I was saying earlier. Uh, you want to be able to stop your opponent from coming at you. You don't want to just hurt them because pain is incredibly subjective. And there are some martial oh here we go. This is exactly what I was saying. Uh, some martial arts styles dedicate themselves to being able to fight with one hand. That's that's a good point. <laughs> you know, if, if you lost one arm, I mean, you still got to be able to fight. Standing arm bars could enable your attacker, but it is going, it is not going to stop them. At the very least, it will slow them down. A leg lock of any sort that causes a dislocation of joints in the primary section of mobility will be considered a stopping technique. Restriction, restricting one's mobility in a fight allows you to have the upper hand in escaping with your life and or ensuring the attacker does not attack again. Again, super important stuff right there. I mean, that like, that's what I'm saying. Like, standing armbar or ground armbar, they're both great. One actually can get it effective more. One can one can actually get the job done more effective than the other. But that's besides the point. The thing that you want to do is to be able to actually stop your opponent. And if you're going to be able to stop your opponent, leg locks are the thing. Leg locks are the thing that you're going to be ankle twists, uh, rear neck chokes, things that are very very damaging to the body. Like that's gonna that's going to help you in a, in a, in a self-defense situation uh, and in a fighting situation as well. Like if you're just fighting for sport, like knowing these things will give you the advantage. Um, all right, I lost my place. Having control over your attacker when executing techniques is extremely important. The ground arm bar. Okay, here you go. Right. The ground arm bar does not allow your attacker to wiggle out or have a bare minimum amount of movement for retreat or escape. Ideally, you you both are on the ground and one person has their arm in between the other legs and pressure is being applied uh, to the elbow joint. It becomes difficult when the attacker wants to... I don't think this is... I think this is... So, I, one thing I'm starting to realize, I, I think I'm reading... This is kind of funny. I think I'm... I don't know if I'm reading the actual final copy of it. I think I'm reading the copy right before the final because I thought I removed this in the actual book. But, uh, you know, let's keep on going. Um, person over between the leg being applied as he overdrives. It becomes difficult when the attacker wants to escape. If the attacker pulls their arm up... And to themselves, it allows the executor of the technique to tighten their grip by sliding in their hips. If the attacker tries to stand, the attacker will soon realize the difficulty in standing with the executor with the execute with the executor of the techniques back on the ground, uh, being held by their legs and that, uh, as well as that same person's body weight and gravity pulling them down. Yeah, this is definitely not the final copy, but let's keep on reading this one. Um, yeah, let's do that. In contrast to the standing arm bar, where all one needs to, to do for escape is simply pull their arm back, yes, a lot of pressure will be applied to the elbow joint. However, due to them pulling back their... Pulling back or... So this is... Okay, so I'm not going to really read this because I've already said this. Um, this is... This is what I was saying. The, the 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 chances of you being able to successfully remove uh, execute a standing armbar is very difficult because the, the the likelihood of 
them repositioning themselves so that you no longer have the ability to execute that technique is incredibly high. Like there's a 99.999% chance that they will actually change their position so that it's no longer going to affect you. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if I just move my arm a little bit into my body, it won't break my arm. These are these are huge, huge differences when it comes to being able to actually execute, or not execute, uh, complete your tasks in defending yourself. And if these are the techniques that you're basing yourself with, that's not ideal. Okay, so I'm just going to end it there because um, I'm going to try and find, I don't know how, wow, I'm really sorry that I've been reading the previous one because I, I was almost positive that that was... That this was the uh, final edit. That's really weird. Oh well. Um, but yeah. Okay. So if you liked this video, awesome. Share it to your friends. Uh, if you want to have comments about it, like I said previously, there's going to be a Discord martial arts by the underscore on the Discord. There's a YouTube channel Solomon underscore. Um, this is all literally just going to be things that are 100% dedicated to talking about martial arts. Well, not the YouTube channel so much. So I'm not too sure what else is going to be there, but. Right now, it's just going to be martial arts stuff. Um, yeah, if you're really interested, go subscribe. Um, there will be videos coming out. Um, go do the thing with the Discord. I don't know how it works. I'm pretty new to it. Uh, I really was just looking for something that is pretty common for people to talk to uh, amongst, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, martial arts and or general groups and stuff like that. And Discord happened to come up. Um, and, I, and I just immediately jumped on that because I saw other people that were had pretty popular channels and, and YouTube YouTube videos and stuff like that and they were also using Discord. Twitch streamers use it as well. I'm also creating a Twitch account, which that will be fun. Well, uh, I mean, I don't have a schedule set up yet for it, but at some point in the near future, when things actually start being able to be more consistent, because now I have a studio, like I have an actual studio, um, so we can get things done more effectively for you guys so yeah if you liked it um awesome congratulations <laughs> uh, yeah go check me out